Hi, it's Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. Hi, this is Steve Rode. You're listening to the Get Out of Deck Guy show with Damon Day. Damon's here with me again. Damon, hi. Hey, Steve. How you doing? You know, it's been over a year since we did our last show. I think we just, I don't know what happened. We just <laughs> forgot to put it in the reminder schedule or something. We just stopped doing it. A year. Yeah, well, you know, a lot can happen in a year, but there's just so much stuff to cover that sometimes it just uh, slips your mind. And the other day we were talking and said, hey, we haven't done a podcast in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. Podcast? <laughs> What's, podcast? What's a podcast? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's been a it's been a really adventurous uh, year. I, I've got to say, a lot has changed. Almost the entire debt relief world has changed in the last year. Uh, it, I think when we we left off, we were talking about debt settlement back at that time, and since then, just so many companies have have vanished and disappeared. The the, the funny thing is, it's kind of like what we predicted. Well, it's more exactly like what we predicted. I was trying to be diplomatic. Oh, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have the filter that you have, which is my problem. Uh, yeah, because we had predicted that uh, with the changes that came to debt relief and debt settlement laws, that came with the, the Federal Trade Commission, telemarketing sales rules, all those boring acronyms and everything, that it was going to really change the way the industry worked because so many of the companies had been taking fees from consumers on the front end so, um, as a friend of ours uh, once said, they essentially created a giant Ponzi scheme, and unless they were enrolling new people, then they weren't going to be able to, to keep funding the business. And it looks like that's what happened. Yeah, um, and it's unfortunate. There's a lot of people out there that are that are really kind of left high and dry. Um, I, I wouldn't say so much as because of that law, though, for the most part, because a lot of these people were going to be left high and dry anyway, regardless um, because, I mean, the evidence was, was, was just blatantly obvious that um, had these companies been allowed to, to remain operating the way they were, this was just, uh, you know, inevitably going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. 
So what are people to do now? Their, their companies may be folding. They may be going out of business. What's a consumer to do? Well, um, you know, it, it's tough to say. Uh, obviously, it depends on, you know, I hate answering questions like this, but it's just it's, it's what, the way you have to do it. But it depends on the, the consumer situation. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different options. If, if you're enrolled in a debt settlement program and one day you find that they're not answering the phones and they're gone, um, you know, it, it depends on where you're at in that process. Have you, have you just gotten started with them? Are you dealing with lawsuits already? Are you getting wages garnished? Um, you know, you've got several options. You might want to consult with a bankruptcy attorney at that point. Um, you might want to go to the getoutofdebt.org website. And yeah, that's a good place to go. <laughs> I mean, that would be, you know, this is, of course, a biased opinion, but I would recommend you go there and you ask a question and say, hey, this company really screwed me. What should I do now? <laughs> and, and then we can get a little bit more information about your situation and, and help hopefully point you in the right direction. Maybe you continue the settlement process moving forward, either on your own or um, with, with a coach or something like that. Just It really just depends on the client's overall circumstances. Well, what I've been seeing are a lot of people who had tried to save money, but most of that money was taken in advance fees. They haven't been paying their creditors, uh, and they were paying them just a, you know a small pittance of what they actually we're looking for the creditors we're looking for and so now what you have are people who are really up against the wall they haven't been paying they don't have any disposable monthly income all the money they paid before has gone to fees and that's gone and we're running into a problem where a lot of people can't even afford a solution like bankruptcy yeah that's true um you know you get that a lot where you know i mean if a bankruptcy filing unless you do it on your own which i don't recommend um you know, you're looking at probably at least fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. You know, for a Chapter Seven. Um, a lot of bankruptcy attorneys, though, what I'm noticing um, more so now than even in the past, is a lot of bankruptcy attorneys are working out payment plans with consumers, um, which is why it's always important to at least talk to a licensed attorney, go over your situation, talk about their, you know, their fees, their program, especially a Chapter Thirteen. If you end up in something like that, you can typically roll your fees just into the monthly payment, and even sometimes on a Chapter Seven where um, you can at least bring a bankruptcy attorney on. Now, they're usually not going to file the Chapter 7 until after they've been paid in full, but right. there's some things that they can do to at least get the ball rolling, get started. You can give them a down payment and kind of get going. But, you know, for the most part, it, it might take a consumer several months just to save up enough money in order to file bankruptcy. Well, they've got to do something. Uh, the, the landscape of debt relief options has now changed a lot in the last year because people were being inundated by all those ads they saw everywhere for debt settlement. Now you don't really see the ads anymore, but people still have debt. So I think that a lot of people are just wandering around wondering, what do I do now? Because the options are really limited now to work something out with your creditors. Uh, maybe if you can afford your minimum payments, maybe think about credit counseling. And then we have this remaining stigma that was created by so many people about how bad bankruptcy is. And so people discount it and they don't think about it as a real option. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the the options available really haven't changed. It's just, you know, like you said, the landscape has changed. But you know, debt settlement is still an effective strategy under certain situations, and you know, um, depending on the client's circumstances, uh, consumer credit counseling is certainly a, a viable option. Again, depending on the circumstances, um, as well as bankruptcy. But you know, what we always like to recommend is look at everything, look at all the different options before you make a decision. And it's that's one of the challenges that consumers are having is they can't really find a place where they can go to get answers and information about, you know, well, should I be doing a, a, a um, debt management program like a credit counseling, or should I look at debt settlement? I've heard all these bad things. I heard all these new laws and all these 
debt settlement companies were getting sued. So is this a bad thing or not? Or, you know, should I be filing bankruptcy? I don't want to file bankruptcy because I heard all this stuff about bankruptcy is going to ruin my credit for 10,000 years and mm-hmm. never yeah. get a job again. Um, you know, and all these crazy things that's floating around there on the Internet. Um, so consumers really just don't know where to turn, what to do. They keep researching it, and they get conflicting information all over the place. And then they're just left with this kind of paralysis of analysis. Right, right. And they just got information overload. And, and so they do they, nothing. And Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of times they'll do nothing, or they'll just get to the point where they're sick and tired of it, and they'll be a slick salesperson saying all the right things at the right moment, and the person, the consumer will just finally say, Okay, fine. I'm just done with this, Uncle. This guy sounds better than the other guy I talked to, so I'm just going to go with this. Well, you know, you mentioned a classic problem, uh, of which I'm both irritates me and I'm sympathetic to at the same time, which is consumer is struggling, person struggling, looking for solutions. They connect with somebody on the phone who tells them they've got a magic wand if they pay only X amount of dollars, and so on one hand, the consumer thinks they've been educated. On the other hand, though. Um, they are just simply passing on the responsibility to somebody who's telling them something that sounds good, right? So at, at, at what point, um, how do people evaluate if what they're being told is the truth? Well, I mean, short of a, a, a shameless self-promotion plug about us, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's it's hard. You can't really. And, and that's really the the problem of the entire debt relief world, which, you know, I've been bitching about for a long time, and you talk about it quite extensively as well, which is, it's really simple. Where does the consumer go to get straightforward information about what they should do about their situation? Right? Right. I mean, re- I mean really, they think about that question. Who do they call? Do they call a credit counselor? They're, they're the one, they're supposed to be the, you know, quote unquote, nonprofit. We're just here to help you. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, and not to disparage credit counselors, it's their business. They sell credit counseling. And as, one, company. as a reader pointed out today, she said uh, she had gone, contacted credit counseling, but the only thing that they could help her with was her unsecured debt. And she was wondering, why can't they help me with uh, my entire problem? Yeah, because they've got their specific business model. And for, for certain consumers, that business model works really well. For other consumers, it doesn't. They're not in the same kind of circumstances. But the problem is you call these numbers, you're getting a free consultation. And, and you know, so for the most part, and there's always exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, a consumer is going to end up on the phone with somebody who's been tasked with selling this product to whoever calls this phone, right? Right. And that's their job, whether it's debt settlement, bankruptcy, credit counseling. So, you know, a consumer is calling all these people thinking they're getting advice, but really what they're getting is, for the most part, free sales pitches. And this is a funny experiment I always like to tell consumers to try. Call a credit counselor, a debt settlement salesperson, and a bankruptcy attorney. And if and see if any of them tell you the same thing, because you're going to get three different answers right. from three different places, usually tied to what it is that they sell. That's the you know, so it's it's kind of like going to a Honda dealer and expecting the salesman to tell you that Toyotas are better cars than you can buy a Toyota. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's really the laughable. same thing. That's a laughable outcome, but yet I understand exactly what you're saying. You're unlikely to get that from somebody who is selling their particular debt relief widget. Yeah, like if you go to a Honda dealer and, and, and let's say you don't even know. You know. Here's the problem. Most consumers are in a situation where they don't know what to do. It's not like they're at a point where they, they want to shop around debt settlement companies because they know for sure debt settlement is the right strategy. Most consumers just don't know what the right strategy is, don't know what the options are, don't even know what to evaluate. 
And that would be like if your car starts, you know, running funny, it's not starting right, and it's kind of, you know, popping and things like that. That would be like going to this, you know, same Honda dealer I just mentioned and saying, you know, my car is running a little funny. Do you think I should just buy a new car? Yeah. What do you, you know? <laughs> and people, it's funny, but people just instinctively know you don't go to the salesperson yeah. at the car dealer and ask them to diagnose your old car, and then you don't expect them to sell you anything other than a Honda that they sell, right? And th- right, so then when you're when you're there, but the difference is consumers know that going into it. That's the big difference. They don't go to the car dealer expecting to get unbiased advice about whether or not they should buy a new car and what kind of car they should buy. They go to a, a, a meet with the trusted mechanic or they pull up the consumer reports or they get the Carfax. They, in that industry, they know there's other places where they can go and do their independent research mm-hmm. before they go. And then at, the sales guy has a, you know, a, a, a purpose, obviously. Once the consumer gets that point where they've done all their own research and they know they want a Honda, they know they want this one, then they're going to go and talk to different salespeople to see where they're going to get the best deal. But they don't do that until they're ready to do that. Well, it's almost like they, they leave their uh, um, common sense and logic in the trunk <laughs> when they're shopping for debt relief help. But, I mean, I totally get it. It's embarrassing. You're struggling. It's stressful. It's impacting all parts of your life. And the last thing you, I think people want to do is sit back and take an academic look at the situation. In fact, what they really want is they just want it to go away. Yeah, and, and it's not really the consumer's fault because, I mean, most consumers know about consumer reports. Most of us know there's mechanics that exist in the world, that, mm-hmm. that their job is to diagnose the car and tell you what you need to do, and then you can make an educated decision about is it worth it to fix it or should I just go ahead and scrap it and buy a new one. But in the debt relief space, where, where are the mechanics, right? Where's the consumer reports on all this debt relief stuff? It just doesn't exist. And unfortunately, the reason it doesn't exist for the most part is that it's not profitable, it's right. much more profitable to sell a consumer something than it is to analyze their situation and tell them the truth, right? It's just there's not a lot of money in it. I, I know that speaking from personal experience. I make <laughs> a lot of money helping consumers out, but I do it because, you know, it's the right thing to do. And I, I, I'm just kind of of the mindset of if I didn't do it, then who would? You know, I'm, yeah. and I'm not saying there's nobody else out there that does it, but they're hard to find because they can't afford, you know, I can't afford to advertise. I don't charge enough money to compete with a company charging somebody $5,000 to do what I can tell them how to do in a one-hour phone call, right? Well, yeah, plus, uh, you know, you charge somebody $5,000 to borrow their watch and tell them what time it is, some people are going to get upset about that. <laughs> yeah, so, so well, anyway, I, guess, I, know I we... guess you're right. I mean, a, a shameless plug uh, is that on the getoutofdebt.org website, that's essentially what we do. You know, people write in and ask questions about their situation, and we just try to point them in the the right direction to get them headed to asking some good questions. And, you know, as I always tell people, just go out and get educated. Don't make a decision. Don't feel compelled that you have to jump to do something. Let's get informed and educated, and then you can make the best decision for you. Yeah, and one of the things that they're going to find when they go to our site is we always like to give different options, and we always say, check out this, check out this, check out this, or here's the reason why this is not going to work, so you really should focus your time on researching this. And we never say, oh, call this guy and don't call anybody else. And that's one of the big things that we do is we always say, compare it. Here's what we think you should do. Check, Take a look at that and then compare it to whatever, you know, some of the other things that you're looking at. And that's what's really going to stand out to most consumers when, when they're when they're on our site because when they're talking to a lot of these sales guys, you know, when's the last time a, a debt settlement salesman said, 
well, here's some other good competitors that actually charge less than us. They've got a better track record. They've got a better rating with the BBB. And honestly, they're a lot better company. I think yeah. you should compare their service with ours and then make a, you know the best decision for you, right? Yeah, that would be that guy's last day. Exactly. What they're doing is they got a fish on the hook. They got you, you know, thinking, okay, I'll, I might do this. And then they're going to hound you and hound you and hound you. And if here's a tip. If, if the debt settlement sales guy is calling you more than your creditors are calling you, <laughs> there's probably some other motivation there other than just really wanting to help you out. Yeah, I don't know anybody who really wants to help you out that hounds you so much. I, I get that all the time from clients that call me and say, man, I talked to a couple of debt settlement companies, and now my phone is ringing off the hook. They won't leave me alone. <laughs> and it's because they're afraid you're going to do some more research and find out that what they're offering just might not be the best option for you and then they're going to lose that sale because that's really what it is for them it's the sale you know you bring up a good point i can't think of any time when i've heard somebody say that they contacted any debt relief provider you know debt settlement credit counseling and who ever said please call our competitors and and chop us around well yeah and because you know i always i mean think about it like this okay we're talking about debt settlement today but but think about it like this if you called if you had the time to do this, and you called 100 debt settlement companies, if there's even 100 left. Yeah. But if you called 100 debt settlement companies, what are the chances that every single one of those guys or gals would say that whether or not they need debt settlement or not would probably say, okay, that debt settlement's going to fit. But if they got to that point, would say, our company is the best option for you, and let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Right? All 100 of them. So – we know from common sense that some of those are going to be bad. Most of them are going to be bad, or at least not the best option. Some of them might be outright scams where they know they're not going to get much done for you and try to take your money up front, which some of these companies still do. But clearly, not all of them could be the best, right? right. But right. they're all going to tell you they're the best. So how is a consumer supposed to evaluate that information? Again, it's like going to the Honda dealer and expecting them to say, you know what, the Toyotas and the Kias are really awesome this year. They've got much better five-star crash ratings than we do, and honestly, we charge too much. And, and this car that's coming out, there's been a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of recalls. I really think these other cars are better for you and your family. You should go to the dealer across the street and buy a car from him. So at some point, it's a leap of faith. Yeah. Right? Because it's impossible for anybody to go around and check in all those things. Absolutely. They're, they're, they just can't. And that's why, that's why this industry, it's, it's so easy to rip people off. It's so easy. Because it's not like you have one or two companies that are sleazy companies and all these other companies are great. So it makes it easy to say, wow, these guys are clearly bad. It's the, the, almost the whole lot are doing the same thing. So when a consumer calls 10 companies mm-hmm. and gets the same kind of story, how's a consumer to think, well, 10 people can't be telling me the wrong thing and can't be ripping me off? And that's why they end up getting into these problems because you got 10 different guys essentially telling them the same thing. And then they end up thinking, you know, if you tell a lie, Often enough, people start to think it is the truth. Right. Right. And there are good guys in debt settlement. There's good guys in credit counseling. There's good guys in bankruptcy. But again, it's just so hard for the consumers to find the good guys. And then even if you find a good guy, how would you know the difference? Well, on a different matter. So here's a situation that I, I've had a bunch of reader questions about lately. Uh, and it seems like people come and they, they ask the question, um, I'm adding to my debt, right? I'm not getting out of debt. I'm adding to my balance every month. My credit card balances are going up, uh, and I'm unsure about what to do. 
for me, that's kind of a, you know, a big warning sign where you're going further into debt and you're still uncertain. What do you say? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything come not everything, but most of it is going to come down to cash flow. I mean, that's one of the first things I look at whenever I do a consultation. I, I send out a cash flow worksheet so I can at least get a, a snapshot of what's coming in and what's going out. Um, because, you know, sometimes trying to fix, you know, they come, they say, oh, I want to get out of debt. Well, of course you want to get out of debt. If you didn't, you wouldn't be calling me. You wouldn't be on our site. Mm-hmm. But trying to, to solve the I want to get out of debt problem without looking at the, the immediate issues, like, for instance, like you said, if they're spending more than they're, than they're, than they're taking in, trying to, you know, come up with an overall debt solution is kind of like going to the ER with an arterial bleed and a broken arm. You know, yeah. who cares about the broken arm? we got to stop the bleeding first. So we have to look at why are you overspending? Or do you have a temporary cutback in your job? Um, do you have the ability to make some extra money? Are you just, you know, thinking that you're richer than you are essentially because you've got these credit cards and you're robbing Peter to pay Paul so you're living beyond your means? We have to first figure out what that problem is because at the end of the day, you know, the consumer is not the federal government, right? So they don't have the ability just to print money when they need it. And they can only borrow for so long. And once they max out their credit cards, that whole game is going to be up. And usually when, when I get the phone call is when they're about there, where they're about right. maxed out on their credit cards, and now they're in a situation where they're saying, oh, my gosh, next month I don't have enough money to get all these bills paid. So now we're talking about a situation of what are we not going to pay? So that's when you want to get proactive, and that's usually when you start looking into some strategies like a settlement or a bankruptcy or something like that because – when you're maxed out on your credit cards and you've got less coming in than you've got going out, um, usually the first thing that gets cut is the $1,000 a month you're paying on minimum payments on your credit card and your budget's showing that you could really only afford four or 500 If that, we have to address that and see where it is that we can cut. Yeah, and, and the other thing you see a lot I, I, is people who were slowly draining whatever money they had until they reached that magic point where they just knew it was hitting the fan and they had no options. Oh, and that's and that's the that's the one that kills me the most is when I get the call that says, "Well, I drained my 401k. I drained my retirement. I drained my savings." Just paying these minimum payments, seeing that the cliff was coming and getting closer and closer and closer. And unfortunately, most consumers are just hard, hardwired. Oh, I borrowed the money. I have to pay it back, which is, you know, is, I believe that, of course. Too. I understand that, yeah. But when they're charging you 30% and you're calling them up and you're asking them for help and they're not willing to help you, I just the, the the main point that I'd like to get across on this subject would be when you notice the problem, get help. Don't wait until you're out of money because you have a lot more options available to you to to deal with this when you have savings, when you have potential money in a retirement account. Don't wait until you're completely out of money and you call me and you say um, next week I've got bills coming due and I have absolutely no way to pay them. Now there's still potential options there, so still call me, but if you could call me six months prior, I'd have a lot more options for you because I can't wave a magic wand and just make stuff happen, right? I have to work, you know, with with the cards that the consumer has been dealt. So, you know, if, if you if you call me before you're on the river, <laughs> right, <laughs> and you're all in on a major bluff, I can help you a lot more. Right. Well, you know, the, a lot of people when they wait until those last minutes, um, they're almost completely out of options. I always. It's always uh, painful when somebody comes and, and they're a month away from being homeless, and yet, you know, the number one thing is they don't want to lose their car or take their kid out of private school or get foreclosed on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you mentioned this at the at the top of the call, too, where you're, we're starting to see a lot more people that, that they're at a point where they don't even have the cash to afford a bankruptcy attorney. Well, hey, at least they got us. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it never hurts to have the information, even if that is the temporary solution. The solution might be, look, there's nothing you can do right now. You can't even afford to file bankruptcy, but at least we can look at the option and say, well, the good news is at least you've got money coming in or whatever the situation is, and here's the things that we're going to ha- have to actively cut out. And it might be, look, you have to stop making payments on these credit cards. And that might be a big mental block for a lot of people. And I've had that before. They say, well, I can't stop making payments. Why not? Well, my credit. Okay, we're beyond the credit at this point. Right now we're talking about survival. Cash is king. We want to make sure we keep a roof over your head, food on the table. We can deal with the credit cards down the road. But right now you've got $3,000 in minimum payments on your credit cards. You can't pay them this month. You're going to have to let them go because you're going to, number one, you don't have $3,000. And if you did, you'd be behind on your mortgage or your rent or you wouldn't have any food. And then we have to push that off and deal with that down the road. Whether that means a settlement down the road or a bankruptcy down the road, it's really going to be dependent on what your next six to 12 months looks like, right? And, and that's the other reason too why, you know, selling a specific debt relief widget a lot of times doesn't make a lot of sense because often the best salute, the best advice is don't do anything except free up your cash flow by letting these things go and let's see what happens at work, it's especially if they're self-employed. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to get this big job. I think I'm going to get this contract. This might happen. This might happen. Okay, well, we know for sure what we know today is you can't pay these. So we're going to have to let these go. Should we do debt settlement or bankruptcy? That depends on whether you get that big job or you get that contract. Yeah, you can draw a line in the sand, and you can make a decision at some point in the near future, but you don't have to make it right now. Absolutely. Make a decision in real time. If we let these things go and we go 12 months and that big contract still never came through and you're still just getting by, getting enough to put food on the table, and now you're 12 months behind on your credit cards, you know what? That settlement doesn't make a lot of sense in that kind of situation, right? But even though you don't want to file bankruptcy, at least, you know, maybe we gave you, you got 12 months to try to make it work um, to avoid it, but in the end, we couldn't avoid it. And then you file a bankruptcy. In a situation like that, there's really no, no point to hiring a debt settlement company who's going to hurry up and maybe try to settle one or two debts just to get paid. Right. Right? And that's what a lot of them do. Um, you know, and we didn't get a chance to get into that. I'm not sure how much time we have left on this call. We have four minutes and 33 seconds. So we might not have a lot of time, but um, I did really want to talk about the changes in the debt settlement, the ways that these, these companies are doing debt settlement because of that new law that prevents them from charging these fees up front. Do we have time to get into that or no? Sure. Well, the, the big thing I've noticed is is that, you know, when the, when this law came into pass, obviously the, most of these companies couldn't charge fees up front, which is how they're making all the money. Well, now what a lot of them have done is they've just kind of switched, and a lot of them are now starting to do what are called term settlements, okay, where they would go and they'll scramble to try to get some kind of a deal done. Let's say the consumer can settle a debt for 5000 but they only have $2,000 available. Well, one of these companies will go in and try to get that deal where they maybe do $2,000 down and then six payments of 500 mm-hmm. All in all, not really a, a bad deal versus waiting 12 more months and then having to settle. But what's happening now is these, these companies are now still focused on getting paid versus making sure the consumer is getting a, a good solution. And now that they can't get paid until they get the deals, now they're scrambling to get these deals done. Whereas right. before, they would wait 12 months, 18 months before they did anything because they just wanted to collect their fees. Now they can't get their fees. So you might think, well, what's so bad about that? These companies are running in to get deals done as quickly as possible. Seems well, like that, a good thing. Well, well, yeah, the bad part is these deals that they're getting. Now what they've done is they've most of these guys have raised their fees. So now some of them are charging 25 30% of your debt, which is a huge amount of money. And then they're rushing in to get these deals. And sometimes these deals aren't very good because 
the, the settlement companies are charging you based on your overall debt. So what do they care if they get a 50% settlement where if they wait longer, they could get a 35% settlement? Right. They're just trying to get their fee as fast as possible. They'll just take the settlement so they can have some agreement so they can get you on a p- that payment plan, and now they can start sucking that fee out for that agreement. So they're just rushing to get those fees. And if you're in a situation where bankruptcy really makes the most sense... Does it really help the consumer to suck, maybe get two settlements out up, up front done for them, suck yeah, two, these out? Two out of ten. Yeah, and then they realize there's no way it's going to work. They don't have the rest of the money, and then they go file bankruptcy. Well, what benefit was that to the consumer? They just maybe paid $1,000 in fees to, to wait 12 months and get sucked out all the money. Now they're in a situation where maybe they're getting sued, potentially getting garnished and need to file bankruptcy, but they never saved any money because it all went to the debt settlement company right. that rushed in to get one or two settlements before the money was gone. And that's that's how a lot of these companies are looking at this right now. So they're still just as dangerous as they were when they were charging the money up front. Well, there is no magic wand. There is no magic solution. And the fear of what's going to happen to your credit is often way overblown. Credit is easy to rebuild, actually. And uh, we've got to deal with the underlying situation. I, a reader asked me just uh, the end of last week. Uh, she came to me and said that uh, her financial problems were the result of too much shopping. And uh, I asked her, you know, why she shopped. Because in a, a situation like that, the problem is 90% about the underlying issues and 10% about dealing with the debt. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of debt relief companies never look at it that way. Yeah, well, they just look at it as how much debt do you have, what's your payment, here's the new payment that you're going to have, and how does that sound? And they, they sell it like they're selling a used car. Don't pay attention to how much the car costs. Pay attention to what your small little payment is going to be. Well, Damon, we've reached the end of uh, after our, our one year. I think it's been uh, actually 16-month hiatus. <laughs> We're getting back in the saddle again. So uh, we've reached the end of our podcast. Great. Glad now, you got to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad I got to listen to you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I, I always did the end of the show. You got some sort of spontaneous idea about how you want to end this show? I don't, but if you would have gave, given me a little bit of notice, I probably still wouldn't. I did. I just gave you like two seconds notice. <laughs> no, maybe you, should, maybe you should just kick it out just like you used to. All right. Well, this is Steve Rode, your get-out-of-deck guy. Be sure to practice safe debt. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.